0: Hey, Dee, do you know how we usually come up with the title of the episode right after we record it?
1: Yes, but this time, you came up with the title, and then you wrapped the show around it. That's right. And so, we're going to have a lot of updates about cats.
0: Yes, we are, including my cat, Masha. She'll be thrilled. Oh, I'm sure she will be. Let me get this episode started. Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. Where I have a suburban garden measured in square feet, it's about a third of an acre. And I'm Dean Ash from
1: Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden an acre and a half out of seven and a half acres. And I live out in the boondocks.
0: We call ourselves Garden Angelists because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening and we want others to love it too. Yes, we do. And we weren't afraid
1: to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets, the good, the bad. And even the ugly, but that's enough of who, what, when, where. Let's move on to this week's episode. How does your garden grow, Dee? I don't have much to say. I didn't do much in the garden this week. I'm decorating indoors, and I'm trying to decide how much of my decorations to get out.
0: You know, I do know. I I get out <laughs> fewer and fewer every year because this is Me not too. my holiday. This isn't my holiday to host. Well, I host it, but. I don't know. I just don't
1: get out as many as I used to. But I'm thinking about getting out my blow mold Santas because I have like four. And I think they'd be cute in that front window. And I think Maddie would like them.
0: Then you should do that. I don't have much to report in my garden. It's been cold, a little bit rainy. I just had a busy week outside of the garden. I could talk about harvesting microgreens, but, you know, not much. Mm -mm. Such is winter. Such is winter. I will say
1: that next week is supposed to be really nice. So that'll be part of my next deal at the end.
0: All right. So what is your favorite thing this week? So my favorite thing this week, I decided is this bird of paradise plant that's behind me as we record. Yeah. It's slowly unfurling a leaf and it takes its doggone time. And so every day I come out and like, Ooh, a little bit more of it's showing a little bit more of it's showing, but it is taking its sweet time. But that's my favorite yeah. this week. Okay. So my favorite is a short
1: white amaryllis that's right over here to my right. And you can't see it. I went and ironed my tablecloth for my table in my kitchen. And I put that little short white amaryllis that doesn't have to be staked. It's Mont Blanc is the name of it. And I just put it on the table. And I think I just bought that at a local nursery when I was walking through. I thought I don't have any ah. white amaryllis. So I'll buy that little hippie
0: astrum. Very Nice. I'm thinking to myself, though, ooh, all fancy you ironed your tablecloth. I just threw one on. I didn't iron it.
1: Well, it's that cotton material, that tartan cotton, and there was no way not to iron it.
0: It looked pretty uh, bad.
1: There is a way not to iron it.
0: Anyway. <laughs> it didn't take
1: but about 15 minutes. And I was thinking about that when I was throwing it onto the table. I was thinking about that's why we decorate, is because... It gives us a change, right? Yes. So it makes you feel more like it's not just stupid winter and you can't garden. I mean, you could sort of garden, but not really. And so it's kind of a nice change and it'll be a nice change
0: when we take it all down too. Yes. Is it, yes. I, I agree with all of that. I'm going to do a quote. quote? <laughs> I am going to do this quote, D. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those episodes. I think so, too. (laughs) I had been told that the training procedure with cats was difficult. It's not. Mine had me trained in two days. That's by Bill Dana, born in
1: 1924. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's cats for you. Mine has me trained. She gets wet food twice a
0: day and she only eats one brand. (laughs) Anyway, so if you're going to talk about a flower topic related to cats, Mm -hmm. obviously... We're going to talk about catnip. Yep, catnip. Is it an herb, Mm -hmm. a flower, or a cat drug? Mm -mm, All three? Yes, it is. So catnip that we're talking about is Nepeta Mm cataria, And I found a really nice article from the University of Wisconsin Cooperative Extension. And I'm looking at my notes and saying, hmm, would have been nice if you'd included the link for yourself, Carol, but I'll find it later. No big deal. Okay,
1: so catnip, I grew it once outside. It's not hard to nope. grow. But it attracted every cat in this rural neighborhood. Yep. And they rolled it in all the time. Yep. And I thought, this is dumb, and I'm not doing this anymore. So I ceased to grow it after that one time. But I do occasionally buy, Masha, a cat toy with catnip in it. Not all the time, though, because I don't think it's good for her.
0: Well, let's just say that catnip is... Perennial that's hardy in zones three through nine. Yep. And the University of Wisconsin will tell you that it can be vigorous and weedy and can naturalize. It is vigorous and weedy. I don't remember it naturalizing, but. It can grow up to three feet tall, so it's not a tiny little plant. No, it gets big. And it's easily grown from seed. Yep. And cats love it. One would not let itself sow Well, and
1: here, when I grew it, they rolled in it all the time, so it was never very tall. It was laying on its side <laughs> all the time. So it has something in it called nepetalactone, which is a sedative or a relaxant. Okay, well, I'm just going to say this. It does not relax or sedate
0: my kitten. No way, no how. Turns her into a freaking maniac. Initially, but then doesn't she quiet down and just sort of go into a stupor? Heck of I know. Not very often, no. But keep going. Well you can extract that essential oil through something called steam distillation. Yes. Which we're not doing. No. Or you could just dry the leaves and stuff them into a cat toy? That's what people if you buy it, that's what they
1: do. And it definitely has a mint yeah. a minty kind of scent. It's cat. in
0: the mint family. That's right because it is related to cat mint. Yes. So, and a- I found an article from Proven Winners about cat mint, which is nep nepeta 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 I guess muscini Musini. nepeta Musini I or some kind of a hybrid, and they they have several varieties, and that they are trying to you know any plant that gets like three feet tall, trying to make them trying shorter. to breed it to two feet tall, and so a couple of years ago I got one. Nepeta Foscenii, Whisper Blue, Uh it was called, Uh from Darwin Perennials. And it's been growing for about two years, and it's doing pretty well. And it tops out at about two feet. Now, it will sometimes still attract cats because it's got some of those oils in it.
1: Yeah, cats love cat mint too, but not as much, no. I've grown several varieties of cat mint. I had a really, really short one that I grew, which came from High Country Gardens, And I killed it after one year because it just wasn't, it wasn't very vigorous. And then I've had, I've had the big one, which they call Walker's low. And then I had one that was a little bit shorter, but I can't remember the name of it. And here's the thing about cat mint in my garden. It, I don't think my garden's dry enough. And I know that sounds weird. Because you water all the time. I, I do water. But I don't water that much, Carol. I mean, even though I water, it's on drip, so it doesn't water very much. And I put the cat mint away from the water, but it still, it really wants to be dry. And we have those big rains in the spring. Yeah. And I think it always makes it kind of go, eh,
0: you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, from what I read, cat mint would do well in a spot like where lavender would grow well. Yeah. Well, I'm not growing it in my raised bed, so there. Well, I do have, Do you, I told you the story before about I had some cat mint. And my sister wanted it. And I mean, mm-hmm. it was just, it was, I don't know. It was, might've started out as a Walker's low, but it was kind of rampant. And I said, well, you can have some because where it was, I wasn't going to grow it anymore. So I shoved it all in a trash bag and I took it over to her house and they had this cat named Moo and Moo, mm-hmm. Moo kind of lived on their front porch because Moo, Moo was a rescue and they think that he was a wild cat, right? She was kind of abused by her previous owners, a bunch of hippies or something. Anyway, yeah. so Moo lived on the front porch. She was happy on the front porch. She didn't like you to come near her or anything. So, uh uh-uh. Anyway, yeah. I dumped that bag at the foot of the steps and went in and was talking to my sister. We came back out to get it, to plan it, and that, that yeah. cat was zoned out on top of it. She was, I mean, I'm like... <laughs> You really want to <laughs> incur the wrath of Moo by moving this plant? I don't know. I don't know how we ended up, but anyway, she got it planted. And I says, Yeah, Moo Moo likes it. Moo like it. Yeah. Well. Wow. <laughs> but she was kind of a drug. They thought she had been exposed to some pretty powerful hallucinogenic drugs as a kitten. It's kind of sad. Oh, and it affected her. it. Is kind That's of sad. why she was kind of nuts. Like meth or something. LSD or meth or something. She was exposed to some bad drugs. Poor Moo. But my sister and her husband were the perfect people to take care of her. They love their animals, and they were very happy to let Moo live on their front porch, and it was all good. That's
1: good. Is Moo still
0: around? No, Moo has since departed this life and gone on to kitty heaven. Okay, cool.
1: Let me do the next quote? Well, we
0: want to just conclude by saying that most of oh. these are drought tolerant, except in Dee's garden, they are easy to care for. They vary in the amount of the, com- com- the oils that makes the cats go crazy. And we'll link to another article from Gardening Know How that somebody wrote about the differences between the two that you found. Hmm. There now you, you can do a quote.
1: Cats are the slipperiest of domestic animals. Thousands of years, of genetic coding has taught them to melt into azaleas, lie motionless behind garden gnomes, glide along fence tops and slink under benches. Author Caroline Paul. True that. I want to say something about that quote. Go ahead. So I don't let my cat outside. Now, there are cats in our neighborhood who, especially after the fire, there were cats that showed up everywhere because... They, their owners, I don't know what all happened, you know, it's kind of calmed down now, but I don't let, one of the reasons I don't let her outside is that we really encourage birds in the garden and cats are voracious hunters. They are. And when my sister's cat lived here, he could go outside because that was how he was trained. And I had, I didn't have any lizards. I didn't, I didn't have anybody. And we had to like keep him in when we had bird feeders, and it was just a constant battle. But she's never gone outside, and he went to live with another lady because he was ferocious,
0: not toward me. There are a couple cats that kind of hang around, and I shoo them away whenever I can, and they were fighting the other day, and... But anyway, I shoo him away and day. I, I talked to my one neighbor about his cat. And I says, you know, Gizmo likes to hang out by my bird feeder. And she he, he assured me that Gizmo was too dumb and lazy to catch a bird. I'm like, okay. Some cats are
1: lazier than others. All right. So our next thing is vegetables. Vegetables cats can eat. And you went and looked all this up. I
0: did. And I, the one thing I didn't look up is I've always assumed that wheat grass is something that cat owners especially if they have an indoor-only cat, will grow for their cat to eat. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, it's easy to grow from seed. And like, you know, last Easter, I did my little eggheads with grass made out of wheat grass. Anyway.
1: I remember there were With hair.
0: I should say hair. But anyway, I went to a website from Be Chewy, which is a pet food company. I buy from them. There are tons of vegetables that cats could eat if you could get them to eat it. Now, they're primarily meat eaters. But They are, but Masha's cat food has vegetables in it,
1: the one she likes. She does not like the all-meat cat food. Hers has carrots in it, so I
0: know they can eat carrots. So I the list included, we'll just do a quick rundown because probably more important to people is what cats shouldn't eat. They can eat broccoli, right. butternut squash, carrots, including pumpkin, mm-hmm. green beans, peas, spinach, sweet potatoes, and zucchini squash. And you made a note about Mr. Milo the Chonk, Chonk on Instagram. Yes,
1: he's my favorite cat on Instagram. He and the Scottish Fold, Se- Seamus the Scottish Fold. I like those two cats. Milo is huge. He's a big old beautiful cat. And he's hilarious. And they, his parents narrate his thoughts all the time. But he loves Excuse pumpkin. me, they're not his parents. He calls him them the butlers. The butlers. They call themselves his parents but he calls them
0: the butlers and he is, he is funny, isn't he, he? is Because he'll say it, you know, I am late being fed. And it's like two minutes after when he's <laughs> normally fed.
1: Yes. And he, and he picks on Poppy. Who's another cat and he picks on the dog. And I can't remember what the dog's name is, but it's very funny. These people are very good at making this account and he does love pumpkin So, whereas Poppy does not, the black cat they have, she does not like pumpkin. I've never
0: tried to feed Masha plain vegetables,
1: but anyway.
0: Well, let me just back up a minute. The minute you start making like plain vegetables for Masha, then the next thing you know, you're doing a special fish for her and special chicken for her and you're not cooking special foods. And so if you are introducing your cat to vegetables, do them one at a time so you know what they like. Right. So it says don't give
1: them avocados. I don't know why, but I believe them. I assume they would not eat chives or garlic, and you shouldn't give them unripe tomatoes or leeks. So anything in the onion family, don't give them, and don't give them unripe tomatoes. Well, they're not going to eat stuff in the onion family anyway. I know cats. They're very particular. Raw potatoes,
0: not really anybody should eat raw potatoes. No, that goes right up there. They're not good for you. green tomatoes, raw potatoes, no, no.
1: Rhubarb, I don't know any cat that would eat rhubarb. And then we're back to the onion family again, scallions and shallots. And then it says wild mushrooms. Well, here's the thing. You shouldn't be eating wild mushrooms unless you know how to search for them. Yeah. So you shouldn't be giving them to your
0: cat. Although Moo (laughs) might have had wild mushrooms back in the day. One never knows. Yeah. Probably hallucinogenic mushrooms. So yeah, don't, don't give them a lot of extra
1: vegetables. They're going to want the vegetables cooked most of the time. And then Masha likes to eat plants. So I have to be careful which plants I have in the house.
0: Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's our list. What else do you want to say? I just want to say, I would be curious if any listeners have problems with their cats trying to eat stuff out of their garden before they harvest it. If they let them go outside, I can't imagine. I wouldn't think so. I mean, my dog, she used to eat cherry tomatoes. Yeah. But I would toss them There's to her, an There's so. another Instagram account where they have these two dogs that eat like well, those, peas. Those dogs eat everything. And they narrate it like they're David Attenborough from whatever that show is. <laughs> And you're like, this this is pretty hilarious. I haven't watched I haven't seen one of those in a while, so I don't know. I haven't either. But anyway, I I think the algorithm thinks I only like cats
1: because lately it just shows me cat stuff. But you know why, people? Because Carol sends me all the funny cat videos.
0: Well, I don't follow any of these, but Instagram says, Oh, that Carol, she likes those cat videos and she shares them with her friend D. Let's serve her up another one. Yeah, exactly. I'll do a quote. So we're going to talk about a book. A garden without cats, it will be generally agreed, can scarcely deserve to be called a garden at all. Much of the magic of the heather beds would vanish if, as we bent over them, there was no chance that we might hear a faint rustle among the blossoms and find ourselves staring into a, a pair of sleepy green eyes. Beverly Nichols, garden open tomorrow
1: and Beverly Nichols is a huge was a huge cat lover again, in addition to gardens.
0: Yes. And so we thought on the bookshelf, it's like everybody get out your Beverly Nichols books.
1: There are a bunch of them. Cuz
0: he he wrote in his lifetime, I think they said he wrote about 60 books and maybe 10 11 Believe of it. them were about gardening and they kind of read like like novels in a way they're they're story type books where he interjects all his gardening stuff the first one was called down the garden path 1932 and that's that's the one we were comparing notes last week while we were setting up this episode and i realized i had yeah. this yeah she has the actual really old one this one is actually the first printing from 1932 although it doesn't have the cover on it but i don't think i even have it anymore
1: well the and I'm sorry, I yawned.
0: Excuse me. Anyway, it's a sleepy it afternoon. It is a sleepy afternoon. So we can so we can thank a guy named Roy C. Dix, who I looked up. He's well known in Chapel Hill, Dur- Raleigh, Durham, Raleigh Durham. Durham as a theater critic, a- actor, editor, writer. And I just saw an article about him, which makes me think that he retired recently, but it was behind a paywall, so I couldn't read it. But Anyway, he discovered Beverly Nichols way back because Beverly Nichols was big into, he wrote a couple of plays too. And he just got obsessed by it. And back in the, I'm going to say 80s and 90s, I'm going to guess, he started, he tried to find all the books that he'd written because Beverly Nichols apparently was this author that like when he died in in the 1980s, that was the end of him. Then like all his books start to disappear. So he found the, I think there are 10 of them books about gardening that he wrote and he convinced the folks at timber press to reprint 10 of them. And so okay. today they're all still out of print. The Even the timber ones are out of print. And so if you go looking for them, you're going to have to go and find used copies, or maybe you have them on your shelf from back in the day. I have one of them. Which one I do have you have one. on your shelf? That's a timber reprint
1: down the garden path. Oh, one you were talking about. So yeah. I didn't realize it was the same book. And it's the one, it has the cover that is the end papers to one of his other books inside of it. And so anyway, it's a great book. Here's the thing. So you're telling me that Roy C. Dix is the one who got all, got Timber to do all those
0: books? That is what my understanding is. Interesting. Because I didn't know that. So I have Rhapsody in Green, The Garden Wit and Wisdom uh-huh. of Beverly Nichols. Edited by Roy C. Dix, and in the intro to this book, which is just like, like I want, I want to say one zinger after the next, but it's just, it's just, he's funny. It's just a compilation of some of his more witty passages about gardening. But Roy tells the story of how he discovered him and then sought out all his books, and then got Timber to publish them, and then Timber came back and said, "Hey, do you want to do like this compilation book?" And he's like, "Okay." Huh, cool.
1: I found your article with the paywall and I cannot get to you it. You can't
0: get to it either.
1: I was trying. It's the News and Observer. I think he retired in 2018. Okay. It's got to be the same one. They'll let you. un. Okay. If you answer certain questions, they'll let you unlock it, but it doesn't matter.
0: So he's the guy who caused all this. And then he wrote an intro. And then, so you can, if you want to, if you don't want to read all the Beverly Nichols books, you could always get Rhapsody and Green. To get a flavor for Beverly Nichols, and he's just one of those funny guys that wrote funny stuff about gardening. Yeah, he
1: reminds me of the other guy who wrote the thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago to his to his niece. His, yeah, Wilfred
0: Blunt or whatever. Wilfred Blunt. Yeah.
1: Yes. yes, he reminds me of Beverly Nichols, or vice versa. So we we have some other yeah. Well, yes, because one came before the other one. All right. So also. There's, there are some other ones that we had that we looked at. I have garden open today. I do not, which is, mine's old and I don't know where it came from, but it's an old one. Yeah. I'm holding it up so Carol can see it. And it's got the cover on it. It's got really fancy old papers. And I think it came out in 1965 because there's a, you know, a small signature of people giving it as a gift inscription and it's a pretty good book i remember reading it and then there's one called garden open tomorrow which i ended up buying because we had this why does this happen to me
0: i don't know d i don't know i have no idea you, mm-hmm. you your lack of self-control restraint yeah stemmel. yeah but i bought it off of ebay and i think it cost all of eight dollars so well about it. but i've got a news for you i found another book that you should get of beverly nichols what's that
1: Carol? the beverly
0: nichols cat book See, what's funny about this whole thing is I'm not as obsessed by cats as you think I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just thought you might want to have it, but... No, thanks. What's going to tell you my secret source for finding good copies of used books is bookfinder.com. Well, tell us that. Bookfinder.com. And they list books that are sold from Amazon to eBay to A-Books to... Thrift books to, you know, if it's a book selling website, even Amazon UK, it'll show up there and you can usually find it. And if you can't find it there, good luck to you. And there are a couple of books I went looking for and it's like, oh, good luck to me. Can't find them. Couldn't find them. Beverly Nichols was from England. Yes. We should note
1: that. We should note that. He did not live here. Did he visit here? I have no
0: idea within his lifetime. I don't even know if he visited the U.S., but anyway. Well, anyway, that's what's on the bookshelf as we're enticing people with the books and writings of Beverly Nichols. He is very fun to read. All right, do that quote for the dirt. Yes, I'm ready. A kitten
1: is, in the animal world, what a rosebud is in the garden. And that's by Robert Southey or Sophie. And I think that's the sweetest because they are, they are like a little rosebud. Oh yeah. And then they grow into teenagers. Uh Uh-huh. And I have one. She climbed my television set the other day. Oh my gosh. Has she been up? So she could get, so she could get to the mantle. So right now I have a plastic nativity scene on my mantle because I can't put my mom's good China one. Oh heavens. No. well,
0: She will knock it off. So, but so far she's not interested in the tree. There you go. Well, our dirt is cat friendly houseplants and I'm not going to link, I'll I'll leave a link to the article. It's in Gardener's World of, and it's, it's a nice list, but you do have to keep in mind that a houseplant that's good around cats. A, it shouldn't be poisonous, but B, you have to be concerned about them knocking them off the shelf, digging in the dirt. And I had to laugh we really bad about digging in the dirt. I had to laugh at your new Instagram reel D, where you're at in your greenhouse. Yeah, and I'm replanting I'm repotting a houseplant that she
1: dug up and that houseplant looks sad. Oh my gosh. And it was big and beautiful. It was so beautiful. But she's like chewed all the leaves off of it and yeah,
0: she's terrible. It was it was in my bathroom around my- Which, which goes up, um, back up to that comment backup. about wheatgrass, where I've heard people will grow wheatgrass because cats will tend to chew on that to get the greens that they want. I'm
1: not growing wheatgrass for this cat.
0: Yeah, because you don't want to encourage her to, grow, to gnaw on any
1: plants. No, I really don't because she already gnaws on enough of them. I'm looking in here to see if philodendrons are a good house plant for cats yeah i don't know so far i'm not seeing them (laughs) money plant is oh christmas cactus yeah she loves those she'd like to eat those i had to put them all on one particular plant stand to keep her out of them that was fun so i
0: like the comment you made made in the notes to sum up masha's behavior she's bad very bad is what you wrote (laughs) she's beautiful she is very bad you wrote she is very bad she is very bad but that's okay. I still love her. okay so anyway that's our dirt I'll I'm gonna link to that Instagram reel although D you have on this very pretty sweater and I keep saying when you're doing those reels it's like you're gonna get that sweater dirty. It's not the one you're wearing now it's that purplish pink one. oh that purple one. nice thing is it can go right in the wash yeah because I'm sitting there thinking you're gonna make, to you're dry. gonna get that dirty.
1: It's okay. I was just, I had gone to church. I was wearing a sweater. I'm wearing a really cute one today. You are wearing a cute, it's green. So I like it. It's green and it has flowers on it,
0: which I mean, fun, right? All
1: right. So you need to do the next quote. This is a very rambly deal. I'm so sorry. A cat
0: improves the garden wall in sunshine and the hearth in foul weather. Judith Merkel Riley.
1: Okay. Let's go back to Milo the Chonk real quick. My favorite videos of Milo are when his butler is sick and he lays on her and and it's a whole narrated thing. It's very cute when she has a cold, which they have done some study recently that says that when cats purr on top of you, it's
0: a healing wave. And so it makes you well faster. Well, now what about that Instagram thing I sent you where the couple said, in order to be able to work at home without the cat being on their lap, they had to make a fake lap on their couch so they yes. they stuffed put a stuffed sweater and a stuffed pair of jeans so the cat would sit there instead of on them.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. I have to close doors, certain doors to keep her out of certain places. All right, rabbit holes. I want you to do yours first cuz
0: it's long and intense. So. It's not that intense. I've have- Mine is not at all. So YouTube has been serving me up several videos. We'll start with a series of videos about the caves and mounds in Southern Indiana. And there's a lot of stories and legends about what's buried in these mounds, what they found in the caves that have to do with all kinds of different things. And so I can leave a link to those. This guy named Roger does those and they're they're pretty interesting and he does a pretty good job. But I, I will say he kind of goes and, you know, there's, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but there's some things that, you know, <laughs> I just got to say there's some mysteries, mysteries around those caves and mounds. and and okay. then, And then it served me up. There's Russian Orthodox monastery in the hollers of Appalachia that are building a new church. And then <laughs> I'm getting daily minute with q in greenland which is this really fun lady who talks about what it's like to live up in greenland and she she's always very upbeat and she always leaves with this thing that says life is amazing or something like that and then she says something (laughs) in their language that i i can't even think how to how to make my mouth make the sounds of their language but i i I, I do know a lot more about greenland these days And then, and then this is the one I sent you. I am just freaked on this Ben Matten organ music. He calls himself the mm-hmm. Salisbury organist. And I don't know, YouTube thought I might like it, and they were right. But he... So, I go ahead, finish that part, and then I'll tell you
1: about the churches.
0: But he goes to the British countryside around where he... And he goes to old churches and plays hymns on their organs and i love it because he's a very passionate organist he was trained at oxford and he plays beautiful music and puts out these youtube videos and i i thought it was really lovely
1: so what i like about him is that he all of those churches he goes to are often on people's property and they're usually like very small churches for a neighborhood that surrounded a landed like landed gentry and most families had their own church, and then people in the village would also come to it. And I've seen some of those. I can't say I've seen the ones he's been in, but almost every one of the big homes we've been to in England, they have they have this because it, they're everywhere, and they're so ancient, and they sit out in these fields of flowers. It's like something out of a dream.
0: Yeah, and he always, you he does an approach up to the old church and going in and talks about the history. The history oh, of yeah. it. But there was, there was. It's a fun channel. It is. And there were two things that he said was, how can someone make a living on something that doesn't physically exist? Which is music, because he, he will play for funerals, weddings, etc. Right, right. And then he had a brand new one today that I just watched an hour ago, and he said he wouldn't go to the history. There's usually a history sheet or something where they you can read the history of the church inside the church, but he wrote, yeah. he said, so much can be learned purely from observation before information. So he's like, I want to soak it in and see and hear, and then I'll see what I learned from that, then I'll pick up the fact sheet. Because they buried people on the floors
1: of their churches. And the walls. Um, and the walls. And so you can learn a lot about
0: a church just walking around and looking at it all. Yes. It's very interesting. And the, they have some beautiful little organs that he plays. And he tells you how he does it. Because they're not easy. No. These are the type you have to pump. They're not No, like, a lot of them have been electrified, so you don't have to pump. Have they been electrified? But there's a lot okay, of good. footwork on that, you know, yes. he's Oxford trained. So, Okay, there you go. You have another rabbit So hole my thing. last rabbit hole is just like pure promotional that I've decided that the Lost Ladies of Garden Writing should be moved to their own Substack newsletter because it's enough different yep. for them to sort of be on their own out there and not be buried in all these daily posts about this, that, and the other in the garden. So I started that last week. I moved, Jean Hersey was the first one to move over. I'm going to I should say move. I leave the old post. I kind of update it, put it on Substack. And so about one or two a week, I'm going to just kind of move them over and intersperse a few new ladies that I've discovered. So yeah. it's been nice. I've gotten some nice feedback from it. Cool. Your rabbit hole. <laughs> My rabbit hole is just genius. Do we need to talk about this?
1: <laughs> no, but let me explain. Let me well, explain. I, I listened to you. Okay. Hey, come on. I this, It's really about a sale. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so there's a place called Basket of of Flowers Farm, and it's a family. And they have one, two, three, four little girls right now. And they have been breeding all these zinnias, and they also have some that are given to them that they can use in the sale, too. And they don't put them on sale very often. And so the fundraiser sale is December 9th of 2023, 10 a.m., Central Standard Time. So it is marked on my calendar to go to the sale, even though I have way too many zinnias now. See, I pronounced it the other way, too. But this cool thing happened while I was walking out of Well-Read Mom yesterday. My book club met. And you know I do that Well-Read Mom. Mm -hmm. Well my friend, Mary Louise turned to me and she said, D this year, and she just had a baby, like she just had a baby. So, you know, she had him with her and she said, D this year, I just planted zinnias. I did what you said to do. And I just put out zinnias. And I said, did they make you happy? And she goes, I think they made me the happiest I've ever been gardening. Cool. Beca- and I said, why? Because they're easy. She goes, they're easy and you just keep cutting them and they keep coming back and blooming again. And she goes, they were just a packet from botanical interests and they were two years old and they still sprouted. And that's a piece of advice I give to anybody who asks me who has just started gardening and wants a lot of color. I'm
0: like, just plant some zinnia seeds. I've given the same advice. It's like, you need to rip all this out. In sun. Rip all this out. Don't worry about planting anything except a bunch of zinnias and then you can replant shrubs in the fall. I've done that before.
1: Yeah, just give yourself the joy of butterflies and flowers. So if anybody wants to buy these, these zinnias are some of the most beautiful zinnias I've ever seen from this family. And they do a lot of really cool things because like in August, I think it was August of this year, they just had a flash sale and it was to stop human trafficking. So a portion of the proceeds went to that. And they give a portion of the proceeds, I think, at almost every sale. And so that is really. Now, when is this sale? When is this sale? December 9th, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. So that's
0: December 9th, I don't know 11 a.m. Eastern. At your house.
1: That's right. So, Mike, so here's the thing I have no idea what they're going to cost per packet. Yeah. I know I don't care, really. But, you know, you may get on, it's, our listeners may get on there and go, I don't want to spend that for a Zinnia. And I understand that too, but I don't know how much they are. But I was looking at them just a minute ago and they have, and their their Zinnias are named things like Dearest Joanna Mix, uh-huh. Dearest Ellie Mix, you know, things like that. So very sweet. And they've got this pastel called Dearest Tabita. And that's the one I want is dearest to
0: So I'm I let me get back over here. I wanna. So where is their farm located? You know what? I don't know. This isn't the other family
1: that I bought from over the summer, although I love those too. And I know that they I think I found them through Instagram too, but I found them through Don Creek. And Don Creek has given them some seeds to work with and to sell. So, and then they show you the ones they're working on. They also have a mix called Cupcake Pastel Shades. Let me see where their farm is. Get in touch. Our story, maybe? I don't see, but Um, that's okay. I'm looking. They're Christian. This this family's Christian. But I don't think they say exactly
0: where they are. Probably for the same reason that they hide all their girls' faces in the photo.
1: Yes, all their little faces are hidden by beautiful flowers. Which is so I understand that. Or they usually have their backs to the you know, backs to the camera. And I get it because you know what, your kids, there's nothing more important than your
0: kids to keep them safe. So I have put said seed sale on my calendar. Thanks a lot, D. And then Florette's doing a sale, which we talked about I, last I'm time. Just- and
1: we're yeah.
0: We're waiting for it too. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess, you know, I I send you uh, an organist from England and you send me zinnias to buy.
1: Fair trade. I do. Fair trade, I think. Okay. So garden commissions, want me to say? Yeah, because uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. I'm going to plant my outdoor bulbs. I know I said it last week, but I was super busy all week. I had work at the shrine. The Blessed Stanley Rother Shrine, I had work up at church because I'm helping with that landscape. I babysit my granddaughter, so it did not happen. It was supposed to happen today, but we had to move our recording from Friday to Sunday because I had to babysit my granddaughter, which had to. Ha, I enjoyed it. But anyway, so I'm going to do it probably tomorrow because we're supposed to have really good weather tomorrow on Monday. And I don't have to babysit and I am not doing, I don't have anything tomorrow. So that's it. Tomorrow it is. Good. Oh, Tuesday, Tuesday, TLC Nursery is coming to plant our trees. They're going to come here first and plant
0: trees. And then they're going to go and plant trees at Brennan's house afterward. Sounds great. Well, the weather here is not conducive to gardening. So it's no, not, I'm sorry, no, it's been cold, but you say weather permitting, I will try to get the fi- figs covered up with leaves because it that helps them survive here. Yeah. I also decided that I need some Christmas plants. So I need some, yeah, maybe a poinsettia and I got to start finding who's got waxed amaryllis because I got to buy them right before Christmas for my great nieces and nephews. Cause it's like, it's a tradition now. And my one wa- Sam's has a, yeah, but I need them. I need to buy them really close to Christmas so that they're not growing a bunch. Right. So you're worried that it'll be, that they will be gone, yes. gone so. over
1: by that time.
0: Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Okay. But anyway, good luck. Thanks. Thanks. Maybe Trader Joe's will have, it. I have bought them at Lowe's before, right before Christmas. We shall see. We shall see. I think that's it. Dee. you got anything else? I do not. We want to thank you for listening to The Garden Angelus. I hope you've hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. We publish every week on Wednesdays at 12 a.m. Eastern Time.
1: If you listen to Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review. That helps us get noticed by others. Could you also share our podcast with your friends? Word of mouth is still the best way to get
0: the word out there. And be sure and check out our show notes for links for more information about today's topics, plus links to our own websites.
1: And subscribe to our Substack newsletter, The Garden Angelists, at substack.com, also linked to in our show notes. If you do, you'll get
0: a link to listen to the podcast a whole day early. And if you want to help support us, use those affiliate links. If you buy something after clicking through on them, we earn a small commission and it costs you nothing. Or you can set up a monthly subscription through Buzzsprout or make a one-time donation through PayPal. It was lovely to chat with
1: all of you over the Garden Gate. Bye until next week. Bye,
0: everybody.